Butterfly Effect, a podcast series featuring innovators, disruptors, movers, and shakers that are shaping the marketing and communications industry today. I'm Jennifer Risi, the founder and president of The Sway Effect. Together, we will explore what's now and what's next and the trends that are shaping our industry. This month, after recently connecting with Earth Apps, Kimberly Seals Allers at South by Southwest, we're discussing the racial disparities in maternal health care. A timely discussion as Black Maternal Health Week was recognized this month. Kimberly has created an app that aggregates prenatal, birthing, postpartum, and pediatric reviews of care from black and brown parents to combat inequities in health care. Well, there are multiple factors that contribute to these disparities, it's time that we pause and ask ourselves, what can we do to stop this? I'm thrilled to welcome Kimberly to the podcast. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to see you again. I loved when we met each other at South by Southwest earlier in the year. Mm. You know, you've cre- you've created the number one Yelp-like platform for the pregnancy and new motherhood journey, made by and for people of color. You're on a mission to equalize the experience of giving birth in this country for every person in part due to your own experience. First, thank you for being here and sharing part of your journey and the reason for creating Earth. When you were creating the app, what elements from your own experience were your guiding principles? Well, I think that the first thing that I learned was that people are not being treated the same way, even at the same place. So when I was pregnant, I did all this research. I was reading the parenting blogs and the things that were available to me at that time, read all the media lists around the best place to give birth in my city. And I went to one of those hospitals and, as you shared, you know, walked out feeling disrespected and traumatized. And it seemed as if everything that was uh, I had read was the standard practice of care I had to fight for, right? And so um, at that time at, of my life, I was not yet married and I was in graduate school, so I had student insurance and I ended up being treated like an unwed black woman with basic insurance and that feeling never escaped me, right? Um, and so it became clear to me that there is uh, a difference in the experience of how people are being treated. So when I created Earth, which is like the word birth, but we dropped the B for bias, it was this un- with this unique understanding that who you are that um, may be impacting the care you receive. There is bias, whether that could be along race ethnicity line. Sometimes it's about your insurance type. Sometimes it's about your marital status. And so, you know, I created the Earth app so that black and brown parents could see um, and leave reviews so that we can inform and protect each other about where we're getting good care, where we are not. Um, and then on the back end, we turn those reviews into data to work with hospitals, providers, to literally help them learn from the living, as we say, instead of waiting for another black maternal death to recognize that they have some problems. So, you know, th- that that's the foundational experience for me. And it came from my own birth and my own challenges trying to have a five-star experience. You know, when you and I met earlier this year, you know, I was so impressed by your story and, and what you're doing, you know, and that's why I wanted us to, to have this follow-up conversation. You know, why, why do you think something like this was not created before? Like, why, why do you think your own personal experience, you had to be the one to go out and, and do this. I mean, that's always with any great entrepreneur. That's how it happens. But why Why do you think it wasn't done before? Well, I think because, you know, trying to bring transparency to racism and bias in maternal and infant care is is a big task. First of all, the hospitals are very resistant, right? They don't want that transparency. Um, and so it really takes 
thinking about the structure, the business structure, having the right attitude, having the willingness to take a lot of no's. Um, and so I think there are real barriers around transparency in this area that probably have kept people from trying. Um, and I want to flag that we are a nonprofit, which has helped us build this platform to not have to be tied to commercial interests in the healthcare space, which typically are very much uh, controlled by hospitals and health systems, and for us to be a completely community-led tool. And so I think the structures that exist um, have probably caused people not to uh, kind of move forward this idea. And then I think that, you know, we are, um, you, we, we are putting forth an idea that the community has power. Um, but for us to be successful, we also have to have uncomfortable conversations about racism and bias and not everybody's ready for that. And so until we acknowledge, we always say to hospitals, you can't change what you can't see, right? Until we acknowledge that there are clear disparities in maternal mortality and morbidity, which we're now doing in a more open way. It's had the media coverage. You know, it is a national conversation. Now we can start talking about solutions. Um, so I think part of our success has been about timing and that intersection of the media conversation about these issues, people being aware of it, there being unfortunately far too many black maternal deaths in the headlines that we are now, people are more open to solutions. So looking at, um, you talked about hospitals and, and sharing the data that you're getting from the app with hospitals. What's been the reaction from the medical providers and the hospitals that you work with based on the data that you're sharing with them? What actions have they taken? Yeah, so we've had a lot of great work. I mean, we have hospital pilots in Detroit, Philadelphia. We're about to start two in L.A., two public health departments in the Bay Area, one in Sacramento. We've got a collaborative hospitals in New York City, a collaborative hospitals we're working with in Louisiana. So I think that on one hand, the hospitals are like, we don't have enough patient experience data. You know, as a side note, black and brown folks are not responding to hospital-administered surveys whether they're press gainies or HCAPs, these are all tools that we're familiar with. But when it comes to being honest about experiences of racial bias or racism, people don't feel that they, people don't have the trust, right? Hospitals, unfortunately, health systems have, have a broken trust system with many communities of color. This has happened long before you and I were around, but it still exists. And so what we hear in the community is that Black and brown folks are afraid to give honest feedback to hospitals because they don't know whether it's being tracked. They don't know, you know, whether they're going to be pinged in some kind of way because in our world, everything is tracked. They have to return to these health systems to take care of themselves and take care of their children. So they simply don't respond, right? And so hospitals truly have a need. Now, the question is, are they willing to give up the transparency of our reviews to, to accomplish that goal. And thankfully, many have said yes. We do have an amazing pipeline of hospitals who are slowly recognizing that you can't just focus on clinical outcomes. It is not okay just to say we haven't had a maternal mortality or morbidity in five years, 10 years, which by the way, hospitals tell me all the time as if that's the standard, right? I'm like, well, that's Thank, congratulations, but that's not the goal. How many of those people have had a five-star experience? And I let them know I'll settle for a four, right? But when we've made not killing us or nearly killing us the floor, it's been a very low bar, unfortunately. So on one hand, we have hospitals that can recognize they aren't getting the patient experience feedback. They will work with us. And then there are others who are very resistant to the fact that we 
are unapologetic that ultimately our reviews belong to the community. Uh, when you leave a review on Earth, it will be moderated by our panel of volunteers for authenticity and things like that. But once it's approved, it's approved, it is released into our database and available to our users. Hospitals are very used to having this data, but keeping it to themselves and being only accountable to themselves for how they move on this data. And we are saying no more to that. We're asking you to be accountable, and we expect you to be accountable to the community. So it really happens on both sides. Many times when hospitals are resistant, um, we already have reviews on them. And sometimes they tell me no, and I was like, okay, let's open up the app right now and see what we have on you and what it's saying. Um, and then they're usually shocked that we have data on them without them. I tell folks it's one of my favorite screenshots. Um, you know, they look on their faces because they have had uh, a chokehold on this type of data for far too long, and black women are disproportionately paying the price of this lack of transparency. Um, and then on the hospital side, we remind them, <coughs> excuse me, brought over. <clears throat> on the hospital side, we remind them that transparency is the fastest way to regain trust, right? In any relationship where trust has been broken, somebody's gonna have to be transparent. Um, and so we invite them into an opportunity to you know, improve their community trust through our hospital improvement plan process, which ultimately is about transparency. So why did you start the organization again? When? Yes. We started a Narrative Nation as a nonprofit in 2019. Um, so Earth is a project of Narrative Nation, Inc. And Narrative Nation is the umbrella organization that creates technology and media products to address racial disparities in maternal health. And Earth launched in the App Store in March of 2021. So we are still a toddler and just coming on two years um, available to our community. That's great. I, I wanted to give a little bit of a plug of, of when you started and, and you know what, what, what the mission is, just to kind of give some context to what we're talking about. Talk a mm -hmm. little bit about the pilots. The pilots probably will give our, our listeners um, some additional context as to what specifically, um, what the work looks like. Yeah. So, you know, Earth currently has nearly 10,000 reviews in over 47 states. We're available in the Google Play Store and Apple App Store. Our community can use it. They can download it for free. They can leave reviews. They can search reviews. They can visit our content community, right? So that's available to anybody. Plus, we have specific hospital pilot improvement plans. Many times we're grant funded to go into cities with high black maternal or infant mortality rates, which unfortunately is far too many places um, in, in, our, in our country. So when a hospital enters into an improvement plan, it's typically an 18-month process where we go into that community, we activate birth workers and local residents as Earth Ambassadors. Many times they receive a monthly stipend for this work. They help us, you know, be our eyes and ears on the ground, our face at community events, at, you know, community baby showers, attending events, connecting with local pediatricians, connecting with the local Greek sororities, like all the things that we do to engage on the community level. We will set a goal about how many reviews we want to collect for that community. Once we complete that review collection, we analyze that data, we bring that back to the hospital partners to say what's going well. Like here's what the community said is working, here's where you're shining, and here are the areas that need some work. And then we work with them to create that strategic improvement plan outlining what needs to happen and it could include some short-term and long-term goals. 
Um, and then we allow them to implement those changes. But here's my favorite part. Like after, you know, we set some goals, we go back in as a test of change to evaluate that, right? So it's not just about you get to do the work and we say thank you so much. We're actually going to go back to see if those reviews improved, to see if that community experience of care has improved. And so we are here to really help health systems see that you need an ongoing, robust, independent, community-centered monitoring mechanism, right? And so um, whether you're doing that because you took some anti-bias training, which is great, but we're asking folks to check back in with the community to see if that anti-bias training improved the experience of care. Or you can come into our direct hospital improvement plan. Um, and so we work with hospitals constantly collecting data from the community and really embedding that into them. Um, after the 18-month pilot, we are available for a post-six-month check-in, and then hospitals can um, purchase a subscription or some sort of ongoing um, membership and access to our data for their ongoing monitoring. That sounds amazing, and I I really want to call attention to the fact that it's 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 so smart that you saw this needed to be done. I'm sorry it had to come from your own personal experience, but you know people always say, as I said earlier, entrepreneurs notice what they, what needs to be done after they experience it themselves. So kudos to you and your team. Thank you, thank you. And you know what? I'm here to tell my story and to take action. But our work is really for, you know, so many black mothers who unfortunately have died unnecessarily under the system. So they, you know, they are my motivation. Um, I, I'm continuing this work for them. And so that we can, you know, really prevent these things and help learn from the living, as we say, so we can stop this terrible story that's going on in our country. Speaking of that, what are some steps that black and brown women can take when advocating for themselves? Well, that's an important question. And first, I want to let everyone know that we do have a free ebook that's on the earthapp.com website, I-R-T-H-A-P-P.com website. Folks can download it. It is a tool that was written by me and created just for black and brown folks. Um, but one of the things that we do is really encourage folks that I feel like in our country, we have a lot of focus on the birth, right? And what's happening and your birth plan and you know, but we really need to be thinking about this very early on. When people reach out to us, and let me just tell you, we have people reaching out to us on social media, you know, black and brown people asking, should they write a will before they go into labor? Men, fathers, husbands reaching out, what can they do? They're scared for their beloved. I mean, it's a dire situation. Um, and so there are one, a couple of things we always remind folks to really use their consumer power on that very front end. When you are in that prenatal appointment, you need to be asking questions of this doctor because oftentimes what happens at the birth is something that you need to have found out, you know, seven months earlier or eight months earlier in your prenatal journey. So ask that doctor, what is your C-section rate? You know, if you're thinking about having that you don't want to have a C-section, ask, like, what is their track record on um, non-interventions? You know, ask questions. And if you ever feel like you're not, your questions are not being answered properly, you know, if you have the option to, find another provider. We often say your doctor is not your dictator, right? There are, there are other experts in the room when you go to a doctor's appointment and you are actually one of them, right? And so use your instincts. I tell black women, you've got to think about it with the same rigor that you apply to your hairdresser because I know if you give me one sign that you're not going to do a good job, I'm out of there. And so we want to just bring that same type of approach and thinking to our 
doctors. This is meant to be your partner and what should be a joyous time in your life. And if you're not getting that vibrant energy from early on, please think about moving. If you can't pick a new doctor, can you think about having a doula? Doulas are trained birth professionals who have been proven with data to uh, help produce better outcomes for black women. What about midwifery care, which is also proven to have better um, outcomes, lower preterm birth, lower death rates for black women? What are the other options? Um, and so we encourage folks to do that. Asking questions is always going to be your first line of defense and to see if those questions are being answered. Um, and so those are some of the things that we remind folks about, that there are tools. And then just to note, we have this very new data that came out, a great piece in the New York Times highlighting this data, showing that in California, it showed that the wealthiest black moms were still at a greater risk than the poorest white moms. And so we like to remind uh, black people that this is not a low-income issue. Wealthy women, high-income women, college-degree women, we can look at what happened to Serena Williams and her near-death experience. Please know that, you know, as I say, our college degrees may not protect us. And so we really need to make sure that we hammer that message home to all black women because all of us across the socioeconomic spectrum are at risk. So those are the kind of the basic things. And then as much as we can do on an individual level, we have to keep pushing for systems change. Ultimately, it's not my job to save myself, right? Like that's that's a doctor's job. That's a hospital's job. And they're being paid for that. And so I like to always balance the personal advocacy with the work we need to do to make sure that systems are being held accountable so that um, the people who are supposed to take care of us are actually doing so in a fair and just way. What do you think needs to be done to change what you just mentioned? You know, the, the poorest, the, the richest of, of black women are still not getting the same, they're not getting as good a care as the poorest of white women. Like how, how, how do we change that? What do we do? I know. It's a tough one. I mean, and again, you know, it comes back question. to that. It's a big question. And, you know, for me, it comes back to that acknowledgement that bias is impacting care, right? There is something about the story that's been told about black women. And, you know, I come to this work as a journalist by trade, right? A former senior editor at Essence, a writer at Fortune Magazine, author of five books. So narratives matter to me. And I can't disconnect what's happening to black women now with the narrative that has often existed in mainstream media about black mothers as, you know, not being good mothers and the ways that we've seen black motherhood demean. We've been portrayed in media as desirable for taking care of other people's children, right? Nannies, mammies, all the things, but not viewed as uh, competent uh, caretakers of our own children, right? And so we can't, for me, I can't divorce the story that's been told about black mothers and black motherhood from the treatment that black mothers are receiving. I've seen it in my own personal journey. I tell everyone that when my children were little, I would never go to the ER in sweatpants. I had an outfit that would hang on the back of my door for emergencies because I knew good and darn well that I could not show up at the hospital looking crazy, as we would say. But, you know, I always had to make sure that I looked presentable. I always had to make sure they knew that I was a professional. Like, this is the reality of the way we are getting treated. And I remember being at the hospital with my son who was having a very bad allergic reaction. And in the middle of his care and my anxiety about his care, they were asking me questions about, what do you do? Oh, my goodness, Miss Allers, you sound so articulate. And we were wondering, are you a school teacher or a lawyer? What does that have to do with my son's care? 
know what I'm saying? And so these are the realities of black, of being a black mother in this country. And I can't, you know, divorce those judgments and that, and that the way that they want to uh, look at us as critical to why they're receiving care. I don't know why what I did mattered to those people and why they were so curious, interested in, in asking about me when I'm there with, you know, my, my son in full allergic reaction mode. But it was very telling around the ways that we see this in the Earth at reviews, uh, black families being judged around how many children they have, how far apart those children are, people reporting that they feel like they're being coerced into contraceptions while they're in active labor. So many earth reviews where people say the first thing the nurses said to them when they walked in was, are you on WIC? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but why are you asking me that just, you know, just based on my face, right? It's too much. It's too much stereotypes and assumptions. And these things become judgments because people use them to determine what quality of care you deserve to receive, right? Again, me, unwed, basic insurance. What quality of care did I deserve to receive based on those judgments? This is what is happening. Kimberly, all I can say is I'm, I'm so grateful that we got to meet at South By and I'm able to help mm -hmm. give your work more of, of a voice and, and having you on the podcast to expand your reach to different types of, of listeners like the folks that listen to our podcast and, and the marketing and, and communications industry. I mean, at, at Sway, my company, I mean, we are very focused on being an advocate and, and focusing and working with organizations that are very much focused on, you know, doing good in the world. And, and you know, I love to meet people like you so that we can continue to kind of push the right mission and, and values and, and efforts forward and because not all of the right efforts are always get the as much attention as they need. So um, I'm very much inspired by everything that you're doing and, and grateful that you gave us the time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's an important conversation. And I think this narrative of black maternal health and black motherhood is a marketing and communications problem. So maybe one of your uh, audience members out there will, will have some great ideas that we can all collaborate on. Well, I have one more final word. We always end this. We always end it with a final word question. Um, but I, I want to, I want to leave it with you know, for people listening and and, and learning about what what you're actually working on and, and what you're what the, what the app is focused on. How can people get involved? What can people do to support your cause and and help to really make a difference? Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, please help us spread the word. If you're not following Earth App on social media. Please follow us on social media. And then the other thing that I would say that's so important to me and part of my vision for Earth is that Earth becomes a tool for allyship. You know, I know so many white women who would be like, hey, if this provider is not treating black and brown women well, I don't want to go there either. So, you know, we want white women to, to have a look, um, who are allies, have a look into Earth See what it see if their provider is even in it, right? Because for me, Earth won't reach its full potential until all women are using it in service of the women who are being disproportionately harmed, right? And so that is part of my long-term vision for Earth, that it becomes a tool for allyship. So everyone would be making sure that it's important to them that their providers and hospitals are well-reviewed in the Earth app because we are powerful. And I know that our consumer power matters for all of us. Um, and so I'm excited about that possibility and invite people in to um, following us, of course, donating to our work, but also using the tool to push for change in their own way, in their own city, and in their own state. 
Kimberly, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. And um, you have an advocate and an ally in, in myself and the Sway Effect and our network. So we're, we're, we're here to help you as you need it moving forward. But uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Sway Effect, our podcast series from our network of innovators, disruptors, movers and shakers that are changing the marketing communications industry today. Keep up with the latest by following, reviewing, and subscribing to all things that we're doing by checking out our website at www.theswayeffect.com. Let us know what you thought of today's episode by leaving a comment on our LinkedIn and Instagram at The Sway Effect or on Twitter at Sway Effect.